Micah Boyette, and you're listening to The Slow Way. This is a podcast about the slow goodness of pursuing a sacred love that transforms everything, including you and me. It's a quiet space where all of us frantic strivers, serial doers, and weary achievers are invited in for a moment of reflection, an opportunity for prayer, and a chance to practice going slow in a world that often values only speed, success, and power. Our culture loves to tell us that life is frantic and there's nothing we can do about it. But friends, we know it's real. The true thing is deep down underneath the surface where love lives. And sometimes we just have to stop long enough to notice. So here, let's try. Have a seat just for a few minutes. Let's go the slow way. The Enneagram, an ancient wisdom tool that was translated into written form in the 20th century, does more than label people into personality types. It helps us make sense of our motives, how we encounter the world, and the psychological reasons we often find ourselves making the choices we make. The Enneagram has been a powerful communication tool for my marriage and has helped me understand the people around me in ways that have led to so much more compassion and care than might have come naturally. All that to say, I'm an Enneagram 4, which means I live a lot of my thinking life in the past. I'm married to an Enneagram 7, who spends much of his thinking life in the future. That makes him more fun, you guys. And it makes me more melancholy and emotional. Well, I remember everything and feel the colors of the feelings in all the events of my life, hence I'm a memoir writer. My husband is full of ideas, dreams, and possibilities. He's always thinking of how to make the next things wonderful and beautiful and fun. I'm always thinking of what happened, what it meant, and what could have been. I say that to tell you that these past two weeks of every year of my life are deeply tinged with melancholy and joy and nostalgia. On June 13th, we celebrate Chris's birthday. A few days later, Father's Day, then August's birthday. And now that we live on the East Coast, the last day of school. Y'all, I can't even with the last day of school. Every year, my boys get older and it is devastating and wonderful and my insides are close to bursting. And of course, there's our wedding anniversary with our yearly practice of talking through a memory from every year of our marriage, which gets harder and harder as the years go by, and sweeter and sweeter. I share all this to say, it's been a week for living in my past in an even deeper way than usual. We had our last found book club this past week, We celebrated Found's eighth birthday by sharing a virtual book club for the past eight weeks. And as a result, I got to know a whole group of you I wouldn't have known otherwise. It filled me up, and I'm grateful for all of you who participated. We talked this past week about something I wrote in the afterword of the book. Prayer is not an act I perform, words I recite, a behavior I strive to maintain. 
It is a returning. It is a broken life finding healing, a misplaced soul recognizing home. In the chapter before that, I wrote, not all stories begin broken and end whole. Most start somewhere in the middle and they fumble forward, crashing and rising again. I've been thinking about those things this week as I've considered the 18 years I've spent married to Chris or the 14 years I've been a mother or the end of elementary school for Brooks and the end of middle school for August and the loss of my dad six months ago. Not all stories begin broken and end whole. Most start somewhere in the middle and they fumble forward. When I lost my dad, I had an immediate gut ache that I hadn't known while he was sick. While he was sick, I only wanted to be present, to love him well, to show up and usher him peacefully to the end. After he was gone, though, I was suddenly shocked that life could end like this, right in the middle of things. His granddaughter graduated from college only days before his death. His grandson would get engaged a few months later. He had barely gotten to enjoy retirement. He had flies to tie and rivers to fish. He had ideas to work out, Sunday school lessons to teach. He had little grandkids left to watch grow up. It wasn't the right time. I wanted death to be tidier. I wanted my dad to have the strength to say all the things he wanted to say to us. I wanted him to feel finished, fulfilled. I wanted his faith to feel like he'd been able to complete the whole story. Of course, this is not a new idea. People die all the time without completion. In fact, I doubt that even my grandmother, who lived to be 100 and died 20 days later, felt as though she'd been able to finish everything. What does it even mean to finish a life? We talked about that at book group, the idea that more than anything else, prayer is a returning to the love of God, not an act, not a performance, not a task to do in order to earn some divine approval, but a returning to love. And maybe if that's the case, we can get rid of the upward image we often carry with us about what life is supposed to be, that we are moving up a line on a graph moving from point A, birth at the left side, base of the graph, and ending up at the right-hand corner, complete, final, having checked off our big life dreams as we went. Instead, I think, life is like faith, circular, moving round and round, faster and faster, tighter as you get to the bottom. It's like a tornado, really. We move around and around the sun, but also around and around each other, being pulled tighter toward what we've made the center as life brings us closer to the point at the bottom of things. And that tornado can sometimes feel terrifying, but it's also beautiful and powerful. If we lean into the circular movement of the tornado and away from the tidy, upwardly moving graph, we might gain some wisdom. We might ask ourselves what we're circling, what we're coming back to over and over. And that answer might give us some insight into the kind of life we're living, the person we're becoming, and where God is in all of it. 
Here's what I hope for me and for you. That our life might be a circular movement toward love. The divine love we find in the story of Jesus. That we might move around that story every day closer and closer. That our circular returning might get tighter and tighter around that love. Because if it's true that our life story is a cycle that eventually forms into a tornado, what kind of power will we be? I think the power our lives leave behind has everything to do with what we cycle around. Will it be our own comfort, our own desires, our culture's definitions of power? Or will it be the love of God that compels us to live for justice? the sacrifice of our comfort for the good of our neighbors, and the peace that comes from settling into the abundant love of God that makes us new. A tornado of divine love. Is that a thing? Maybe. I want to live like it is. A slow practice. What are we circling around? I want us to spend a few minutes today imagining our lives in a prayerful posture. Take a deep breath with me. Breathe in. Spirit, give me clarity and wisdom to see my life's pattern. Breathe out. Spirit, you invite me to return to you. Take some time to consider the graph version of your life. If you were graphing your life on an upward trajectory from birth to death, what moments would you mark on the graph? Maybe you want to pull out your journal and sketch it out for yourself. If you do, you'll probably find that the line of your graph is not always moving up. It probably slips down, stays straight, moves up and then down again. Look at the moments you've sketched out or imagined in your mind. What feels right about the graph version of your life? What feels false about it? Take some time. Now, consider your life as a tornado. Imagine the circle of your choices bringing you into tighter and tighter cycles of choices. What have you circled your life around at different points? What are you circling your life around right now? Do you feel like the circular motion is getting tighter and faster? Why do you think that is? When you consider what things relationships, or ideas you've spent your life circling around? What comes to mind? These things may be relationships, dreams, 
belief systems, or even normal instinctual behaviors like the pursuit of comfort or a specific vision for your kids. It could be that some of the things your life circles around feel good and true to you, and some of the things you're ashamed of. You may be circling some things that you don't want to center your life on. Can you take some time to list those centered choices to God? Repentance is a scary religious word, but it really just means, as my pastor Michael Redzina says, choosing to recognize and admit to the ways we've fallen short of love. End your time of reflection by acknowledging the ways you've fallen short of love and the dreams you have for your holy tornado life. Who and what do you want to center your life on? What do you hope to return to over and over until it becomes the thing at the middle of everything? Thanks for listening to The Slow Way. Choosing a moment of quiet and allowing yourself to be slow here with me is no small thing. When we move, even for a few minutes, at a pace that refuses to conform with the culture around us, we make space for God, for wisdom, for a vision of ourselves and others that can only be seen when we take the time to pay attention. What I'm trying to say is, we make space for love. So well done us, I'm proud. I want to thank Val Schleter for managing my social media. Also Jason Boyette for designing our slow way graphic and the talented Angelina Marie for editing. If you're interested in more words on the slow way, you can sign up for my newsletter at micaboyette.com. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at micaboyette and find my book found wherever books are sold. I would so appreciate it if you could take the time to review The Slow Way on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It helps people find us. But you know what I'm going to say. Maybe instead you should read some good fiction by the pool or do both. This podcast I love is taking a slow, restful summer break, friends. I'll be re-releasing old episodes for the next five weeks so you can get all caught up or invite your friends to start tuning in. I'll be back around here in mid-August. Until then, as we say in our house, rest, have fun, love each other. Happy summer. <laughs>